0: welcome to an old new show or a new old show uh it's been so long since we did it we got an air but welcome back now you think we just gave up doing the show we scheduled a bunch of shows and had a bunch of issues howie cheney welcome back to off the record
1: i wish a bunch was the accurate word for it it's uh instead of a bunch there's a ton of issues that came about between me and you and between our work and personal life and everything else but we've got a lot of coaches geared up to come and join us as soon as we can get everything back in line
0: so it is a is, i just want everybody to know the truth here is part of the issue I overcommitted myself during football season and we were at the max every night. So we've, we've had a couple of coaches have to change because the fall is so tough, but we've got things lined up. The first show we're going to do is going to be a recap with coach Tyler van coach van was with us much of the year So, on the 16th, we're going to sit down with Coach Tyler Van and his stats man from this year, Howie Chaney. What's up, stats man? I think that needs to be your name, stats man.
1: Stats man. Yeah, that'd be a good one if I knew what I was doing, I guess. But uh, doing great, Randall. How you doing, buddy? Um, you know, I know everything's been busy between our work and kids and all the other stuff. You know, you had a concert tonight for, uh your daughter had one and, Mine was supposed to have one, but it got canceled at the last minute. So uh, here we are live with, uh, like Randall said before we went on, but, you know, zero notes to go by today. So, uh, yeah. so we're just well, going to wing it.
0: Our daughters both play in a band, which takes up more time than you think. We also got, and we don't know the date of this, we've tried to schedule it, but Coach Heather Powell from Bath High School is going to be on with us hopefully in the next week or two. Heather is a friend of both of us and someone that when I first started into broadcasting was a superstar athlete at five high school, won what, four state championships, three, four state championships in girls basketball, finished runner up in uh, volleyball, was all state in softball. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And now she's the Lady Red Devils head coach at five. So She'll be joining us the next few weeks, and
1: I'm excited about that, Howie. Yeah, looking forward to having her on there. Uh, also, uh, Zach King from Savannah High School, the head basketball coach. You know, we had Coach Finch, the girls' coach, on. Uh, I think that was actually our last show that was able to do, and we kind of had to zoom. Like a zoom. month ago. Yeah, we had to zoom through it because it was um, storms coming through and everything, so uh, <laughs> uh, Coach King has been, you know, he uh, has committed to do the show for us and uh, we're working on some other stuff to get lined up. And, you know, it was hard for me and Randy to get on here when we, when we could. And uh, it's even harder during basketball season, to get these coaches on here because it seems like they've got games every other night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try to do this. I, I, we're on Tuesday night right now, but we're going to try to stay here and stay put, but how he does, the clock at five high school, so we may have to move around some days, but we're gonna to try to get a show out every week at some point. Uh, we had a real good following, and like I said, people started emailing me, how even asked me, did you set River City Media down? You went from 12 <laughs> shows to like one. And, 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 and we even changed the name of 3 hours Sport, moved its day, changed the cast. It became um, regular speculation but it's still three R sports. What we're trying to do is grow, and uh, it, sometimes there's growing pains. We started Howie and immediately went up to forty to fifty thousand visits a month, but it was um, it wasn't growing the way I wanted it to either. It was becoming more about just sports, 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 sports and there's a lot I love in life besides sports just like you. We've got kids. We both love wrestling and it became um I don't want it all become known only as a football channel. And during the fall that's a lot of what it became was just a football channel.
1: That's what everybody is obsessed with during the fall actually. So uh but right now, you know, you got the basketball, you got uh you got still got football going on, you know, the you got the yep. championship playoffs coming up you've got uh, you've got the uh, NFL playoffs coming up you got the bowl games but you also have basketball going on uh, in a normal year you'd have hot stove topics of baseball but with the lockout shutdown whatever you want to call it there's not much going on with it at the moment but normally that would be a hot topic as well. Well, that's a good place to start.
0: Let's start and just, I didn't say we'd talk about this, but the Braves, they went on just a magical run this fall, Howie. And it was, for all the teams the Braves had that you felt like should win the World Series and didn't, I feel like we got one back. Because I felt like this team never should have been there. And especially after Acuna got hurt, it became just like, we won a world championship with arguably the best, without the best player in baseball.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you, you know, I feel bad for smokes and Glavin and Maddox, if you know, if they would have had this offense playing with them now, I mean, it, you know, you would have had three pitchers with possibly 25 to 30 wins each. Yeah, Cause If you remember back in the, you know, you back. remember back in the day, they would lose games one nothing. just yeah. because they didn't have no offense helping them out.
0: Lost the seventh game of the World Series one nothing.
1: 11 so innings, yeah. wasn't
0: it? Jack Morris. So.
1: Then, wasn't it Smokes and Morris that went 10, 11 innings?
0: Yeah, well, Smokes went nine, and they brought in Charlie Reliebrant, and he gave up. The immediate run, but Morris went ten innings for the win, the win a game seven with the Minnesota Twins in '92. So, right. when you lose World Series games one nothing, it's tough.
1: But, but, but like you said, done. this team this team came out of nowhere. Nobody, you know, at the All Star break, nobody was giving them a chance to even make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, they win the division and get on this role that, you know, as coaches and uh, in this case, manager. Just, you got to get hot at the right time, and Atlanta yeah. done that. They got hot exactly at the right time. So, um, how one of the big
0: stories in high school football up here, of course, was South Pittsburgh, and I know I talked to you a little bit about the story. And this is kind of becoming a year-in recap. May have been good story, good show to do a year-in recap. But one of the things we missed is South Pittsburgh lost their head coach in week two lost three weeks of their football program to COVID. I I saw them week one and thought they were a four, a five or six win team, had a schedule that included North Jackson, Nashville Overton, number one team in the state, any division. Uh, they played somebody else, uh, Austin East, traditional power out of Knoxville. And I thought they would do good to win six games, seven games, their coach leaves Chris Jones and goes back to the Canadian Football League as the defensive coordinator of the Toronto Argonauts. Hey, and they got put out of the playoffs the same week that South Pittsburgh won a state title. So, <laughs> uh, These kids put it together and win a freaking state title. It's It's got to be one of the best runs I've ever seen in high school football.
1: Uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you said that they didn't have one coach. They had two coaches for the rest of the Co-head year. co head
0: coach. I, and, I talked to Coach Stone last night, or today.
1: And, oh, yeah. and that was, uh, you know, they, they pulled that team together and made them unite like probably, you know, no one else was able to do or would have been able right. to do because most teams would have quit when their coach quit, basically. You know, even though he went and took another job, he – but he, he basically quit on them after the second game of the year. And, uh, and they pulled this team together and pulled off a, uh, you know, uh, a great run and held it together. And, you know, hats off to them.
0: So another good story in Alabama, well, not good story, bad story, but it was a, a the, probably the story of the year. Five got their record stretched out, I think it was to 65 in a row. It uh, became this nation's second longest winning streak. Finally went down to Geraldine, but then made a pretty good run in the playoffs all the way to the quarterfinals. Uh, so Fife, even though they lost, and we talked to Coach Benefield, I thought they were a pretty good story that a bunch of kids after three straight championships that probably didn't didn't have expectations to be in 10 and 2, goes ten and two and gets to or eleven and two and gets to the state semifinals. That was a pretty big story down your way.
1: It, it was. Um they lost a ton of seniors off of last year's team. They if I'm saying they only had four seniors on this year's team, which those four seniors did play a fair amount over the years in the past, you know. But uh yeah, um everybody knows that five is they're one of those that you don't really re. They don't really rebuild. They just kind of reload and keep it rolling. Kind of like the Duke of uh, coach K's basketball teams. And then, yeah. you know, kind of like, uh, that fellow down in Tuscaloosa and coach Saban, you know, they just plug, plug players in and keep on chugging along, you know, but, uh, yeah, the, you know, of course expectations there are high all the time at five, regardless of what the situation is. But, uh, County wide, a lot of people thought that they would be down, but they, you know, pretty much except for Geraldine, uh, you know, went through and, you know, beat everybody in the county, and, uh, you know, I think they did better than a lot of people kind of anticipated to a certain extent.
0: Who who ended up winning two A? Was it Piedmont?
1: Uh, the three A champion was Piedmont. 3A. They were down. They were down to uh, Memory um, Academy, I think, is who they was playing uh famous taking the same team that uh five played last yeah. year uh six or seven d1 commitments on that team uh they, they got down early and uh piedmont came back in the second half and kind of did like five did last year just kind of uh came out after halftime and you know showed them who the boss was and came out victorious
0: well we'd be remiss if we didn't cover one more thing from the area. And I know Coach Van is going to be on here in a couple weeks. And I so underestimated Coach Van in that program. I uh, I knew we as River City Media, we support all the DeKalb County schools, but we have kind of adopted Coach Van as a, well, first of all, he's a friend of ours. He's a personal friend of ours. And uh, of course, Coach Benefield is too. Uh, I list them as my friends. If you look at my phone, their numbers both are in there. Uh, Coach Van. Brought a new offense to Sylvania, played fairly well against Fife, had a chance to win football game. Kinda got roped the first week at Sacks. But put together a really nice football season. Qualified for the playoffs, but it was a three way tie, so they ended up getting a third seat.
1: And I think they had to open
0: the the what
1: they got second seed, so they was at home against the state champion Piedmont Bulldogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was getting there. I was going to say the team, they, so they lost to five. They lost to sacks. They lost to Piedmont. That's pretty much the elite. If you compete, compete with those three teams, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be right there, Howie. Well,
1: we'll, we'll run it down real quick. Uh, first game of, or yeah. First game of the year against sacks got down 14, nothing. Uh, Sacks got the ball, drove it down, scored. Then, you uh, got the ball, pick six. Anyway, down fourteen, nothing before you know the bleachers are even full. End up being a closer game than uh, a lot of people expected there. Toward the end, Sacks made it to the semifinals right. of the uh, 3A state playoffs uh, against Fife. Got beat by a couple of points. Played them, you know, hard-nosed game. Uh, Fife made it to the quarterfinals quarterfinals and then in the playoffs they played against piedmont that ended up winning it all so uh the three losses came to three very good playoff teams
0: absolutely and that program had some had some wins uh, of course up on sand mountain it all starts with they beat plainview so yeah,
1: absolutely you know that's uh that was the main thing you know uh Being from Savannah, and one of your main goals, or the main goal at Savannah, is to beat Plainview. That's what you you know. That's that's the uh, that's the main goal that you want, as far as uh, during. No matter what it is, whether checkers or uh, shuffleboard or whatever, you want to beat Plainview, regardless. That's it. Uh,
0: So uh, let's move on a little bit to college football. First of all, Howie, I I was really proud of the effort the balls put in. Uh, I think most people, I said here on the show and on the show multiple times, I thought they'd win six football games. And I really was killed. Uh, My little group of the 3 R sports, Robbie said if they won three games, it would be a good year. I think Rog might have predicted (laughs) four and eight. Ended up winning seven football games playing Purdue in the Music City Bowl. And while it's not Alabama, I think Tennessee made a lot of strides this year. And I think after a decade and a half, Jeremy Pruitt, Butch Jones, Derek Dooley, Lane Kiffin, I feel like the coaching situation got fixed, Allie.
1: Yeah, and it's good and bad for Tennessee. It's good that get got the coaching situation fixed. And it's bad because of he showed what he could do with very little talent. So that yeah. could put him as uh, one of the top coaching candidates for a lot of schools around the nation.
0: He's going to make some money in Knoxville because they're going to give him a raise right now. So, I mean, I, and he's an Oklahoma kid or played at Oklahoma. So first thing that we thought of as soon as Oklahoma Lincoln Riley left, I was like, Oh no. Oh, please don't lane Kiffin us and go out. Um, But I'm pretty happy with my ball situation. (laughs) I want to get to the BCS in a second, but Saturday I think we saw Nick Saban prove when you put Nick Saban's back against the wall, he's a hard guy to beat. So I think the whole world thought Georgia was going to run over Alabama after the two or three overtime win over Auburn. Nick Saban's just the best in the business, man. And I just said, I'm a Tennessee graduate, Tennessee season ticket, Tennessee alum. But how can you sell that guy short? Bama did it again.
1: Yeah, they did. You know, um, Saban's one of the best. I mean, he he, um, – I'm not even going to say one of the best. I'm going to say he's the best college football coach there is. Uh, I have to say he's one, then number two – possibly be uh, uh bear Bryant, so alabama's probably had two of the best college coaches to ever step on the field
0: the only argument for bear bryant that i ever get is a few people that'll say urban meyer because he won so much so fast but i'm with you i'm a bear bryant guy so
1: well you know urban urban won a lot but he i think he got at the right places at the right time he had did. the right talent and he knew that the talent was going to be gone, so he left right
0: behind them. Had a heart attack he instead of at Florida, so.
1: Well, I, I didn't he have one somewhere else as well? But anyway, that's yeah. either here or there. But, uh, yeah, you know, when when Coach Saban is uh, – and what's so strange about it to me is he didn't – he knew he was going to be playing Georgia. So it makes me wonder how long did he prepare for the Georgia game before the Auburn game.
0: Yeah, that's you true.
1: I don't want to take nothing away from Auburn. Auburn played great. If Auburn had a a quarterback, Alabama would have probably got, gotten beat. But I also feel like that Alabama's kind of overlooking Auburn to get to Georgia a little bit.
0: And I don't want to take anything away from Georgia. I felt like Georgia might have but believed the hype, Howie. They heard all year they were the greatest defense in college football history. And, you know, and I do think Georgia has a legit chance to win the national championship. How many times has Alabama not won the SEC but won the national championship? So, I think that Georgia has a legit chance to win. But when it all said and done, Alabama gets Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati can play with Alabama. How about you?
1: Uh, you know, I don't think they can. And and I'm glad they let Cincinnati come in. And here's why. Absolutely. You know everybody's talking about the power five the power four the power four the power five and all this you know why does sec get two schools in there well first of all sec is the best conference in the nation by far number two you know cincinnati they didn't play the toughest schedule in the world but they beat who they had to beat to get in there put them in there let's see what happens if they pull off the upset of alabama hey Put other teams like that in there every year. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. But now, you know, if Alabama comes in and steamrolls them, that, that should prove a point saying this is why certain conferences do not need to be in the BCS title.
0: I'm a big hopeful that some – a big believer and hopeful that not only will we get to eight teams at some point, we'll get to 16. And then when we do that, then these matchups will become – and eventually somebody would win one of them. You know, Cincinnati would beat Alabama one day, or Cincinnati would beat Georgia, but ain't going to happen in this four-pot, I don't think. The game that I think is more interesting is Georgia-Michigan. I think Georgia's seven-point favorite. I just feel like Georgia, coming off of this loss, will be super motivated against Michigan, don't you?
1: Yes, and... And I'll go on the record saying right now that if Michigan beats Georgia, Kirby Smart is on the major hot seat. Yeah. Uh, even though he had a great season, you know, even though he had a great season, he can't win the big one right now. It don't seem like.
0: No, it's 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 becoming – he's got to get by Nick Saban, and he's not done it, you know. Uh, it, Florida took no. a step back. But, I mean, he ain't got by Nick Saban. And if he goes in the college football playoffs and lays the egg against George Harbaugh, I'm with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and Harbaugh and them, you know, they came out of nowhere. I heard on the radio, you know, I went over to the Falcons game uh, uh, Sunday and they were talking about, I was listening to uh, one of the sports talk shows over there, and they're talking about it's been since, I think they said 1990, you might can correct me on this, that a team like Michigan that was unranked, End up being ranked in the top two or three, and pl- with a chance to play for a national championship. And they're saying the last team that done that was that great team out of uh, Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, that was, that was ninety.
1: And Georgia Tech ended up winning it all 90. that year, if I'm mistaken.
0: Yeah, they shared it with Colorado, but shouldn't have shared it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, let's let's dip over to a little more painful subject. And we've already talked about this off the air a little bit. And uh, the Falcons at that times this year have looked okay. And at times they have looked horrible. You're a Falcon yeah. season ticket holder, what's your opinion of the situation in Atlanta right now?
1: Yeah, they look great during warm ups and then after that it just goes downhill. Um, uh, you know, like I said, they look great sometimes, and then other times it's just like it seems like they never saw football in their life. And uh, you know, it's just uh, I I don't know.
0: Well, against Tampa, they, I mean, they lost, but that's defending world champion. They didn't embarrass themselves,
1: right? Yeah, they played good, but it's just one of those things where earlier in the year, they, you know, they're I, I feel like they're finally getting to know. Their personnel, what to do with them, where to put them at, how to use them, and everything. Um, they brought some people in that they're a little bit disappointed in, as far as they're not producing like they thought they would. Uh, you know, uh, Davis is one of the main ones I feel like. Uh, but you know, they're you know I think Coach Smith and Fontenot will get everything kind of straightened out. But it's not going to be an overnight type thing. It's going to take a couple of seasons, but. We both know, we've been around sports long enough to know, sometimes they won't give people long enough to do what they need to do to make it right.
0: You're right. Now, it's strange you were talking about people they brought in. I want to talk about Cordell Patterson. Now, Cordell's 30 years old, but Arthur Smith finally figured out what to do, what no one else figured out for the last nine years that Cordell Patterson was. He has a plan for Cordell Patterson. And to me, Cordell Patterson is an all-pro this year, Allie. Just a great
1: year from Cordell. First uh, first year he's ever had 1,000 scrimmage yards. Uh, yeah. I saw that today on the Internet. Um, he's got uh, – I forgot how much receiving, how much passing. You know, it's roughly 50-50. I think about 500 passing, 500 rec- – or 500 receiving, 500 rushing. But, uh, you know, he loves Atlanta. I've, I started following him on Twitter back a few, about a month or two ago, and it, it, it seemed like a week doesn't go by that he doesn't put on there saying, Atlanta, I love y'all. I love being here. He's on a one-year deal, so I feel like they're going to try to keep him for another couple of years at least. And Somebody in the uh, mainstream media made a great point the other day by saying, yes, he's 30, but considering the limited touches that he's had, he's about like a 26 or 27-year-old. He does not he has not taken the beating like most other players have taken by the time they're 30.
0: Or like a Derrick Henry. Or we've seen Christian McCaffrey miss most of the last two years. Dalvin Cook is beat up. I feel like Cordell deserves. Now, you're probably not going to give him a two-year, $20 million contract, but I think Cordell's earned a couple-year years four or 5 million dollar contract. I think they signed Davis to two years, 7 million. If Davis is getting two years, 7 million, Cordell deserves two years, 10 million because he has been that football team's most consistent weapon from week 1 till now.
1: Uh yeah, I agree with that 100%. And and I love Cordell because he'll come out during warmups, you see all the other players running pass routes, doing this, doing that. He's standing on the sideline, chunking ball up into the stands and playing catch with people. And he don't stay in the same spot. I saw him Sunday start at one side of the end zone and work his way all the way around to the other, just throwing it to different people.
0: Of course, my heart, I've always been a Cordell fan. We were privileged enough to have him in Knoxville for a couple of years. So Cordell's a great kid, and let's hope Atlanta keeps him. Now, I want to. We could obviously talk about the O-line play, which has been horrific, but I want to jump to an outside to wide receiver. Uh, I think we finally, over the last month, kind of started to see what Pitts will be in the long run, and he's ever been the athlete that we ever thought he was, but Calvin Ridley has left the team for mental health reasons and don't know if he's going to be back this season, but. That's a big chunk of that team with Ridley gone. And Pitts, it's really Pitts and a bunch of Russell Gages, Zacharias, uh, Tajay Sharp, kind of third and fourth guys, a couple of cast off guys. So Pitts really don't have a lot of protection out there. Do you think Ridley gets himself back next year and is Calvin Ridley of old? Uh,
1: you know, being a fan of Atlanta, you know. I hope he does because Pitts has done all this stuff, like you said, with no help at all. No, he's getting, you know, he's getting double teamed majority of the time and still putting up pretty decent numbers. And uh, the last I heard, he's on pace to break all the rookie tight end records as far as yards and everything. Uh, of course, it, he won't never break the uh, uh, TDS or anything like that because I don't score touchdowns that much. But as far as receiving yards, he could break all that stuff and but you know on a personal level I hope that uh really takes the time to get Get healthy whatever his situation is you know Um but uh yeah I I mean you know you got the kid that uh Atlanta could have gotten instead that's playing out in Dallas uh what the the linebacker um Michael Parsons yeah you know they could have got him and Talking about a huge help to the defense, that would have been great. But now hindsight being twenty twenty, it's, it's a great thing that we got pits when we did because if we didn't have pits, we wouldn't have much of an offense at all as far as passing-wise.
0: I want to talk about one player on defense, and then we'll run over our, our favorite semi-sport activity. Uh, to me, a true sport, uh, but it's entertainment. We understand. Talk a little AEW. But uh, defensive side, there's only one name that I really think has took a step forward. And that was two years ago, rookie, or two years ago, number one, uh, A.J. Terrell. At times, you see him as a number one now. Have you? I mean, and at times, he still struggles. But I mean, are you now seeing that A.J. Terrell could be that cover corner? Or are you still seeing the struggles that he had in his rookie years?
1: No, he he is the number one corner because of the the what pro football power numbers and all that. He is yeah. the number one ranked cornerback, even ahead of uh, uh, uh what's his name out there in Dallas that got all the interceptions. Diggs, um, I think. Mean, uh, yeah, Diggs. Um, Travion Diggs. He got more interceptions. You know. He's ranked higher than Travion Diggs, but yet Diggs got more interceptions, but Travion gets beat more than anybody else does as well. But Anyway, yeah, I I see A.J. being a great pickup for Atlanta. Uh, I see them eventually possibly doing him like, you know, the defenses that used to have Deion Sanders, just putting him on one side of the field saying, that's your side, you cover who's over there, we're going to play defense somewhere else, you know. And uh, when you got one guy that can – take away basically kind of one side of the field. That's a huge help to your defense.
0: It is. There's some definitely some pieces in Atlanta. There's at times, like I said, uh, and I'll say it before we could move on to AEW. I, it's time. Probably if, if there's a quarterback we like, it's probably go out, time to go ahead and get him. It, even if the plan is to set him behind Matt for a year, but I said earlier too. I thought Matt Ryan could go someplace that needs a quarterback for a year, for a couple of years, and really win a lot of football games. Uh, I personally think Kenny Pickett, maybe from Pitt, fits what Arthur Smith wants to do. But we'll see when it comes time. Uh, let's move on over to AEW for a minute. You just got to go to a house show, uh, or not a house show, but a recording of Dynamite and Rampage. What two weeks ago?
1: That was and last week.
0: Last week. Hmm? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: It was uh, it was uh, difficult getting there, having to go on 285 in Atlanta. So anybody that's never been on 285. Uh, that over. over. Yeah, anybody that hasn't been on 285 doesn't know the pain and struggles of getting anywhere on 285. And now they've got construction all over the place, so there you go. Uh, what well, used to be six and eight lanes are down to basically three. But anyway. Hey, now, uh, on a serious note, getting there, uh, getting in there, Duluth. The uh, uh, I've got the name of the place. Uh, Gas South District Energy or something like that was. Uh, is a very nice place. It's a great place to you know watch a an uh, uh, event. It's kind of like being at the uh, v- BBCC like uh, we went to when we went in Hustle. But uh, you know, the crowd was energetic from from the first match to the last match. Uh, entertaining um you know it's uh it's great going just being able to be able to go out and do something like that because we haven't been able to in the last year and a half two years so matches the matches was great and uh you know i you know i the last thing i ever thought i'd see was a burning table in the middle of the ring but uh you know i, I was able to see that so uh you know, the only thing was, I kind of missed was uh good old JR not being, being there. But other than that, it's great.
0: Well, of course, JR is dealing with skin cancer right now. And we're all, you're in our prayers, J.R. Um, but it was crazy. Once Cody went through that table, he actually pinned, uh, uh Andrade while he was still on fire. Could you see the flames in live?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, where we was sitting at, you know, we were straight across from the hard camera, kind of at a little bit of an angle. But uh, when he rolled uh, Andrade up, I could see the flames in between Cody's back and sitting on Andrade's tricep bicep area right in there. Yeah, and uh, you know, you can see Andrade doing this number right here because it was burning him pretty pretty good, you know. And uh, but yeah, he was they was still quite a bit of fire there because of. The camera angle, you couldn't see part of it, but, uh, where we're sitting at, you can see it, you know,
0: the referee actually reached up and put out his shoulder. It must've been part of the table, some of the wood or something mm-hmm. and put his shoulder off out of fire and then counted him out. Uh, a lot of new stars in AEW. Who did you see? Of course, we had a big heavyweight champ championship change a few weeks ago. Uh, Hangman Adam Page now is how? Let's start there. How over is Hangman Adam Page?
1: He's not the most over. We both know the two people that's the most over right now, but yeah. uh, you know he's probably the third. You know, as far as being over, and that that's great for a young young guy like that because. Gary uh, the
0: world title, yeah.
1: Yeah, he could he could make noise and be able to hold on hold on to that title for quite some time. You know, he is a fan favorite there. Um, you know the two most over that was came out was uh, of course CM Punk and Ryan Danielson. Uh, don't get me wrong, um, Bay Bay Adam Cole did get a pretty good pop, but uh, it wasn't wasn't the same as far as when Hangman came out there. And of oh, course and he, MJF
0: gets a huge pop, but it's a negative pop.
1: Now, you took the words right out of my mouth. I should say MJF got a great round of booze and. Uh, a few choice adjectives thrown his way. Uh, But, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, at first we couldn't really, we wasn't sure about the suit that MJF was wearing and then they showed kind of like a close-up on the jumbo. I didn't realize it was for uh, Hanukkah and all that stuff. So uh, it was was interesting. But, uh, yeah, it it was great being able to be there. You know, I wish I could have saw MJF actually wrestle. But, I wasn't able to see him wrestle but I was able to see hear him on the mic. And you know, you got certain people that you love to see them in action, but then on the flip side, you want to hear them. You know, he's one of them. Um, Jim Cornette, our good friend, or uh, he ain't a good friend, but Jim Cornette, JC. We yeah, we love JC, and we like to see him in action, but we much rather hear him talk than actually see him in action. And then, uh, uh of course. It's a nature boy. Love, love watching him. I was able. I know you actually uh, saw him wrestle many, many times and walked yeah. him out and everything else. Uh, you know, I got the privilege of being able to watch him wrestle a few times. But the mic work is where you get fired up at with certain people. And those three, uh, MJF, JC, and Rick Flair are the three that controls the mic.
0: I think about Cody's dad too, and I'd add him to the list. That's the be- Dusty was, was uh, in a league of his own. Uh, so while we, uh, coming in, we'll do this. Well, I said we'd do 30 minutes. We're already on 45 and we just now got started. We, that's the thing about it we always talk about. It. I'll ask you one more question. Winter is coming is coming up with AEW. Hangman versus Brian Danielson. Some other matches to be in. But Last year they debuted Sting at this. From what I understand, it's been a it's it's at a time in the middle of the winter, kind of good time to start new storylines. What do you make of the rumors that Wyndham Rotunda, A.K.A. formerly known as Bray Wyatt, could show up at Winter Is Coming? It's about time, don't you think? He shows up somewhere.
1: Yeah, I feel like he may show up there, and and we both know and everybody knows that Tony Khan is one that's not scared to bring out two or three or four new additions at a, uh, uh, even though it's not a pay-per-view, but they're treating it kind of like a pay-per-view, but it's on free TV, you know. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a couple other people just show up for this thing as well. uh, And possibly, you know, possibly start a new stable of people. You never know. And, uh, you know, back to Wednesday nights, uh, you haven't saw this yet because it was taped beforehand, but it's actually on the YouTube channel now, I think. Uh, if not, it'll be on there in the next 20 minutes. A uh, go came back. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what storyline he's in. Uh, you know, they were kind of pushing him pretty hard till he got, uh, you know, had to go back home and the pandemic hit and they couldn't get back and everything. So it'd be interesting to see what he's got going on. But yeah, back to the also
0: had eye surgery while he was in England. So,
1: Right. But going back to the, the winter is coming, it should be a great event. You know, you like, when we talked earlier, he's like, Yeah, I know some of the stuff is going on. I'm like, I don't think you do. I said, They've only announced one. Oh, no, they got more. And then you did some research and realized that it hadn't. But that's a good thing to me. That's a good thing about AEW. They don't know really who they're going to put out there until the week before.
0: You feel like they know, but they don't advertise it. That's what I like right. about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. You know, the, the WWE's got that day one that's going to be in Atlanta January the 1st, and they've already got nearly the whole card filled out of, as far as who's going to be there and who's going to be doing what. But AEW, we know one match so far of their, you know, it ain't a pay per view, but it's very similar to one that's going to take place Wednesday night or a week from Wednesday night.
0: Week from Wednesday night. So uh, it, next week, um, Tyler Van. Uh, to Thursday night uh, we'll get on we'll probably run over it for a while but uh, we're gonna to try to get on here just stay patient with us everybody we had to miss a gap we're back now I can't we really can't commit to what day of the week we'll be on but just stay on River City Media and we'll piece it together over the next few weeks hopefully we can stay on Tuesday night for the most part but like I said next week on Thursday night, Coach Tyler Van will be on. We'll talk to Tyler about his season, off-season program. We'll talk to him about what's coming up, fundraiser and fundraising and everything else. How he uh, – it's good to be back and actually get to film a show, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's great to be back. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, unfortunately a lot of this jumping from day to day is my fault because of keeping the clock for five uh, – uh, you know they they don't start basketball like everybody else does because of their football run in the playoffs so right. their basketball schedule is pushed back you know basically nearly a month compared to everybody else and so for the next several weeks it's going to be a lot of games because they gotta it ain't makeup games but they want to try to get as many games in as possible before you know the uh, tournaments rolls around
0: that's it it's a, well, Howie, it's been good to get back on here. Folks, just stay with us. We'll keep you up to date. Watch River City Media. Watch Marion Messenger, and we'll get get it out as we can. Next Thursday night, Tyler Van live on the air with Howie Chaney and I. Howie, no notes. No, I don't even have my other phone with me. This is the only time you'll ever see Randall completely without a cell phone in his hand, because I live with a cell phone in my hand. So, we went um, 42 minutes and with no script, no message, no nothing, and feel like we left some something on the table. But uh, for Allie Chaney, for Randall Cunningham, for River City Media, next Thursday night, Coach Tyler Vann. Until then, have a good
1: evening. See you guys.